now. This is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio, NTS, News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. First edition news in a minute with Mark Van Aken and plenty to get through in the show tonight. But with the regular season of the A-League done and dusted and the Premier's plate presented to the mighty Sydney FC, it's time to see whether they can withstand the pressure of the finals and frank their dominant season with a grand final victory. The journey starts this weekend with both the Sky Blues and Victory watching from the sidelines as the elimination finals take out two contenders. We'll review both games, but our first guest is Melbourne City's Danish international Michael Jakobsen. He'll give us a behind-the-scenes look at Sunday's battle against the Perth Glory after both sides went toe-to-toe in a goal fest last week in the final round of the regular season. After that, we reflect a little on the season gone and the inevitable post-season sacking of a coach, Newcastle Jets CEO Laurie McKinna, to talk about Mark Jones and his departure. Then we analyse both domestic finals in more detail with our man Dean Hennessy to see if we can work out who takes on the top two for a spot in the season decider in a little over two weeks. In the second hour, as always, we'll kick off with second edition news, but as we do from time to time this week, a special edition, second edition news as we focus on one of the stories on everyone's lips with the Australian Financial Review's John Stensholt joining us to talk through what looks like a disappointing commercial outcome for the FFA's negotiations on the free-to-air TV rights for the A-League. After John will chat to Chief Football Writer for the Herald Sun and regular Fox Sports pundit Dave Davudovic about the latest in the promotion relegation saga as the football world continues to rage over the inevitable before Dino returns to go through all the international news and as always we'll wrap it up with stoppage time. G'day Edge, plenty on tonight mate, what's your highlights? Oh, great show tonight. Can't wait to talk to John Stenshold about the TV rights and, of course, Dave Davudovic about everything about Division 2 because there's been a lot of talk about that this week. But we should just reflect on the last round of the A-League, first of all, because we spent a bit of time last week on the show sort of thinking about what if there was relegation, how good it would mm, be. But mm. having said that, Sydney FC celebrated winning the Premier's Plate in style. Good luck mm-hmm. to them. But how about those last two matches? The last match day of this season. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> Epic. Incredible. 16 goals, I think it was, in, in uh, two games. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a bit like uh, me playing FIFA yeah. with my 16-year-old daughter. There was that many goals. Yeah, what was it? Including a goalkeeper running the full length of the pitch trying to... Forgot Liam Reddy. What was he doing? But look, it looked like uh, there was a chance that Glory might do it at one stage when they were a couple of times. It looked like that, didn't it? So it was, and uh, well, fair play to Kenny Lowe. We had him on the show, and he said it was going to be all out attacking goals, and that's that's what it was. Yeah, exactly. So it was a good way to finish. And uh, look, hopefully, when we talk to Dave, we'll uh, we'll get a little bit closer because the longer the conversation about promotion relegation goes on, and it stays on the agenda, the closer it is to happen. Absolutely, looking forward to talking to Dave because the off-field governance crisis, uh, Mm. which it has been, uh, a crisis of evolving into a saga continues. Mm. Marco? G'day, boys. Now, I don't want to usurp Dino's A-League segment a little bit later on, but in terms of that Liam Reddy stuff, I actually spoke to Kenny Lowe today, and it is quite amusing what went on. So we did have some audio. We have got it on the rundown here, but the audio wouldn't play because News Corp's having all sorts of problems, it seems, today with their video players. Um, But anyway, that's by the by. But for anyone who didn't see it, 
do yourself a favour. Google it. Just go Liam Reddy, brain explosion, I reckon. Mm, mm. And, yeah, I know they <laughs> needed to win the game by four goals. But mm. even Kenny, we said, look, were you happy? Were you sad? He said, mate, I, I was like everyone else. I just didn't believe what I'd just seen. Mm, so mm. he's just, for the listeners, he's dribbled past. He's, now, again, it's not unusual right at the death of a game yeah. for a keeper, if there's a corner, to you know leave his line and go up and try and get a header. In fact, Dino's mob uh, won round one against my uh, the mob I work for with a very similar scenario. But the point is... It's a bit different when the keeper's actually out there dribbling past. <laughs> and you can understand maybe one or two people and set it up. But, gee whiz, he tried to dribble past four blokes, then turned it over. And then it took him a good second and a half, I reckon, to realise, oh, geez, I'm the goalkeeper, aren't I? <laughs> and he sprinted back and had left an empty net, left the goal exposed. Anyway, touching on what Michael said there, FFA says an outline for the expansion of its Congress will be provided to the Asian Football Confederation and the world governing body FIFA by 30th of April, which is, of course, less than a week away. The current, actually just over a week away, the current Congress is made up of just 10 representatives from the nine uh, state member federations and one who represents the entire A-League. The number is among the lowest congressional figures of any FIFA member. We spoke about Dave. We spoke to Dave Davidovic about that not too long ago. Mm. A deadline for the installation of expanded Congress has been set. And, well, I'll tell you what, just read some quotes out of this press release that came out yesterday, which was almost like an essay coming out of head office. Um, at its meeting last night, being Wednesday, the board also received updates on the process to expand the Congress. Yes, great. Uh, and work undertaken on the development of a new operating model for the A-League and W-League. The board was told that a roadmap on the Congress expansion process would be provided to FIFA again by 30th of April. But this is important because I've been criticising them for this. Mm. New operating models and expansion models for the A-League and the W-League and including upping the pay and maybe restructuring the W League. Because, again, we've seen the AFLW. Mm. Uh, we've got netball maybe striking uh, coming oh, yeah. up. Uh, yeah. But the reality is we're waiting for a response about what's going on in the women's game because we have a a strategic advantage in our mm. sport with women, but that has been negated very quickly in one off-season, mm-hmm. for one season, by the AFL, Michael. Absolutely. Um, what's interesting, we've got this vacuum again. We only get this sort of information, which is really just sort of window dressing. Because and it's of, responsive to yeah, criticism. We, we, we want to know proactive. what's going on. Having said that, though, we should give uh, a little bit of credit for the FFA because uh, women's football has grown very significantly in the last uh, two years in particular uh, on uh, relationship terms to other sports, it's been outperforming that. Uh, and a, a very big part of why participation rates for our game, mm-hmm. the world game, are growing. So that's that's probably a good sign. And, uh, you know, um, and you've got to give the FFA some credit w- with uh, statistics like that. You do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah, but, but, but just on that point, though, I mean, as basketball continues to find out year in, year out, that participation rates don't equal big paydays with uh, free-to-wear TV rights. And, uh, you know, just because you've got a lot of players playing, you, you don't automatically get the big bucks. And, and uh, our game, um, you know, is is one of those ones where, as we all know, the best players have got those options overseas. So we've got to be better than everybody else. Yeah, but then I think, I think you're going to jump in there, Michael, but the, the reality is, I think basketball is analogous to, to our game as well mm-hmm. because we don't have a night to discuss this, but the reality is um, the NBL, no matter what they do to it, mm-hmm. is always putting lipstick on a pig. That's probably being unfair, which is the same for the A-League because there are better leagues around the world, namely, obviously, in basketball. There's one, there's the one and only league mm-hmm. that shines above all else. But the reality is we've, it is a tough... T- I'm actually defending them all of a sudden. FFA. It mm-hmm. is tough because there's always a bigger fish out mm-hmm. there in the world of football, Michael. Yeah, just Roy Morgan Research, a 15-year gap between 2001 and recently where they conducted this research. Um, Football increased by 46%. AFL remained stagnant. 
uh, rugby hmm. decreased by 67%. Yes. That's and that, was, that was the and outline that is, in Michael Cockrell's article yeah, that's um, correct. during the week, so we've got to credit Michael for that. And But but again, I mean, I think the point remains that uh, that, that participation rates don't equal big bucks, and, uh, and I take on board Michael no, no, because I respect point. what he says. Uh, but but um, they yeah. help. There is, ho- there, there is a whole of football, and the problem with this today, oh, sorry, yesterday, is they keep pointing back to this whole of football plan, which if you look at it, I, I, I hope I'm not hurting people's feelings. If you, if you look at it, it's a pretty flimsy document. There's not a lot of concrete stuff in there. It's a lot of pie in the sky, kind of airy, fairy goals. But anyway, we it's move on. A lot's changed since that was published. Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. It was 2015. Aaron Moy is yet to be approached by English Premier League strugglers. Middlesbrough has rumours of interest in the Socceroos services. Swirl, Middlesbrough's manager Steve Agnew, reported attendance to watch Moy run Huddersfield Town's midfield last Friday, has sparked speculation in the UK press of a signing bid. The Australian, a recent inclusion in the EFL team of the season played 90 minutes in the 3-2 English Championship win over Preston North End. Question without notice, boys. Hmm. Middlesbrough are going down, aren't they? I was going to say, why, why would on he earth would he entertain when Huddersfield are going to have to do it the hard way via mm. the playoffs? But yeah. worst case, Huddersfield stay in the championship next mm. year. Mm. At least he's in familiar surrounds. Why mm. would he go to Borough? The only thing you can think of is a massive Money? payday. Yeah. But, um, you know, that's... Uh, you know, for a career move for a guy like Aaron, who's uh, you know who's done so well since he moved to Huddersfield, um, yeah, you wouldn't be signing anything just yet. Um, Dean and I have been to Middlesbrough many times, and there's one very famous uh, trip we made up to Middlesbrough. Um, I'm tipping Aaron Moy might not go there. Okay, all right. Well, we'll take that on board. Hey, Anything? very quickly, boys. Liverpool have confirmed foggy. Stephen Gerrard, Jamie Carragher, Daniel Agger, and can you believe it? Steve McManaman will be part of Jurgen Klopp's red side to take on Sydney FC uh, next month. Liverpool is set to play the match at ANZ Stadium on Wednesday, May 24. I know we're running out of time. Um, pop quiz, boys. When did Steve McManaman last play professionally? A decade ago. More. 2005 yeah. at Man City. They've got to be taking the piss, don't they? Yeah, the people are paying 180 bucks. And you know, I've got to say, looking at, and as you know, I'm a glass half empty guy at the best of times, <laughs> but I'm also a Liverpool man. I wouldn't, you know, in the old analogy of Bill Shankly, if this game is being played in my backyard, I'd draw the curtains. You've got to be kidding. <laughs> and people are paying 200 bucks yeah. for a ticket. And to, to be fair, it's to Liverpool. It's belittling us in our market. Oh, it is. And mm-hmm. you look at the Liverpool official, you know, Liverpool page, though. I reckon I was the only, I jumped on yesterday and just said, you, you know, you, you're taking the you know what here, aren't you? Mm. There was about 400 other comments that were all just positive. Like, yeah, can't wait, can't wait to see it. Well, hey, this mate, is, this listen, has turned into well, a testimonial joke game people, from, from an actual, at least half-decent, real pe- friend. People who follow football in this country after all these years of these... Uh, uh, gullible? Sh- well, I don't, you know what? I think it's beyond gullible. I think they're just happy to, 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 to tolerate it and pay the, the money and go along for the fun of the to us? I don't think they're... they're they want to go and sing the song. That's uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think they believe that That's it's true. a serious game. So they just want to go along. And, uh, you know, they've been to enough of these uh, games where... Hey, Mark, can you players read the next one? No, because we've got to get to a break. Yeah, we'll, oh. we'll do it um, later on. That's the best news item okay. of them all. I know, but ladies and gentlemen... You can cover that off with You Know Who later on the show. Correct. Okay, so if you want to know what it is about, you'll have to wait on. You have to wait. You have to tune in. On. Continue okay. to listen. All right, well done. First up... You want to get to a break, Rob? I do, because... You sure? You're... Yeah, I think I do, Edge. I think I do. <laughs> Michael Jacobson... And we'll get there eventually. ...from my Melbourne City is on after the break because we're going to get stuck into the A-League finals, which are on this weekend, and they're massive. That's next on box to box Box to box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. 
Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio. Perhaps you're streaming via one of the many apps around the world or the podcast on boxtoboxnts.com.au. Now, the A-League Elimination Finals are on this weekend with Brisbane hosting the Wanderers tomorrow, which we'll get stuck into with Dean a little later. But first up, we welcome Melbourne City's Danish international star and close to 300-game player in the Danish top flight, Michael Jakobsen, ahead of Sunday's game at Amy Park against the Glory. Welcome to Box to Box, Michael. Thank you very much. Hey, Michael. Um... Mate, really interested to know um, a little more about your background in the Danish top flight. And, uh, you know, nearly 300 games, obviously, um, you, you know, you played for your, your country, who've got a you know a proud football history in Europe uh, as one of the, probably the minnows of Europe, but have punched above their weight uh, over many years, performing well in major competitions, famously winning the, uh, I think it was the 1991 European Cup. Um, after Two. Being, yeah, 92. So, yeah, yeah. so... Um, you know, growing up in Denmark, uh, what, how was your experience as a player, you know, in your home country? Uh, it's the biggest sport in Denmark. Uh, so growing up, it's uh, it's all about football. Mm. Um, so, it, yeah, as I said, it's the biggest sport. There's, there's handball as well, um, a big sport, but... but the, most of the of the kids they are they are playing uh, soccer um, uh, in Denmark, so so it's something you're you're growing up with, and uh, and I had the, the opportunity to to be a professional, so I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah, that I could make a career out of it. And would you compare um, favorably other leagues in Europe with the, with the Danish top flight? What would you compare in Europe to to uh, to playing in Denmark? Oh, in Europe, uh, I think you can say Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Three close countries with Norway, uh, Sweden, and Denmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say the Danish league is the strongest of those uh, three. Um, the Belgium league, it's a bit similar. Um, they have some 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 very good teams as well. Um, I think it, the only team at the moment now is FC Copenhagen from yeah. Denmark who can compete with with the with the top teams in Belgium. Um, and the same with uh, with Holland. They they are step in front as well. I would mm-hmm. say. Um, so it's it's not the best league um, of developing developing um, young uh, talents. They are very good at that. And what about comparing your experience in in Denmark to the A League? You've uh, obviously got the you know the opportunity to make those comparisons. How do you you know without uh, you know uh, pumping up the local ties too much? Be as honest as you can. Yeah. Um, uh, the the physical uh, part of the game here in Australia is uh, is bigger than this in 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 Denmark. Uh, in Denmark, it's more the technical abilities we we develop uh, early in, in in the years, and the physical part comes on when when the pitches are are worse. We have a period mm. of time just <laughs> in uh, or be March and April. Mm. Uh, the pitches are not looking that good, so. The football is not that great, and then you're just fighting for the points. Um, but yeah, I, I would say the physical part you're a bit in front here, um, but the but the tech is a bit in front in Denmark. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I would say that the the teams here that they they could they could compete in in, in the Danish Super League as well. The level is not big uh, of a difference. Michael, it's uh, Michael Edgley here. Great to have you on the show. Um, 
tell us about uh, Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia is a long way from Copenhagen in Denmark. How did the how did the opportunity for you to come and play in Australia come about, and what can you tell us about that? And um, how excited were you, uh, you and your family, uh, to to come all the way over here and and experience Australia and and what it has to offer? Uh, it was actually a quite easy decision. I was very excited, and and I would I would like to go. Uh, that was my first. Uh, my first thought. So uh, um, I ran it over over with the family, and uh, and they were open as well. And until now, we have enjoyed it uh, every single minute. Um, we really enjoyed it in Melbourne. So so we are, we are very happy for the for the decision that we made. Oh, that's fantastic. And what about um, what about the ambitions of the City Football Group? How important was that in your decision to to join Melbourne City? And uh, and obviously the the desire it has to um, perform very very well and uh, and grow and develop uh, the sport in Australia. Uh, first of all, the, the, to come to a club where, where the ambitions are so high that they want to win everything, uh, we yeah, we go into the games as we um, want to win it every time, no matter who we play against. That is uh, that is a difference from the from the former club I was in. It was more survival, mm. uh, not going down. Um, so so that mentality was was very good. Uh, I love to play for trophies, and uh, in my former club we did not do that. Uh, so that was uh, a big plus as well. Michael, this weekend's a huge game for for your club. It's a, a knockout final, but. Probably one of my favourite fixtures in all of the A-League matches has been the Melbourne and Perth games. They have been incredible. 37 goals have been scored in the last seven games between Perth and Melbourne. Um, I know that I know that you were injured uh, a little bit this year, but um, the game that stands out in my mind was the 3-3 draw. What about last week? Oh, what was it like to be on the pitch last week? That was like week? a computer game last <laughs> week, Rob. It was incredible. Yeah, but, but what was it like to be on the pitch last week, Michael? Tell us. I don't remember that game. Already, <laughs> it was I can't crazy. About that. It's five goals conceded. Uh, as a defender, that's not funny. Oh, that's uh, right. So we we, we we have to take the positive things out of that one. But we we score four goals away from home. Um, the negative, we still don't win. Um, that's not the best achievement. Um, but yeah. It's it's some crazy games against them. I, I think they scored eleven goals against us. This yes, they have <laughs> three games uh, we played this year, and that is that is too much. Um, um, we cannot allow them to score score that many goals again. Uh, then we have no chance of, of going through. So we really need to step up. Um, but I think our chances are a lot bigger at home. Um, I think they will come in a different shape than what they did uh, when they played at home. That they needed, um, yeah. To win with four goals, so they were very aggressive, very uh, attacking-minded, um, and I don't think uh, they're going to come like that when, when we play uh, at Amy Park. Um, but if they do, uh, <laughs> we we need to punish them uh, like we did in periods of the of the game in Perth. Um, so we know we can do that, and, and that is that's what we're aiming for to do again. Uh, get a lot of goals. Absolutely. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Melbourne City's Michael Jakobsen, the former Danish international ahead of 
this week's big elimination final on Sunday. Now, talking about um, the the the, uh, the venue, you, you mentioned you like to play at home, and compared to some of the, you know, sort of the uh, the, the difficult pitches midwinter, um, Amy Park must uh, seem like a, a pretty uh, pleasant environment to play in, um, and uh, playing on what will be a perfect um, autumn afternoon in Melbourne. Hopefully, we can get a big crowd out because um, you know the, uh, the the city outfit's been putting uh, you know some pretty entertaining football on the, the table these past two seasons, and we, we really need a good strong crowd out there to, to back you. Yeah, of course. Uh, for us, it's uh, it's very important that we have as many supporters behind us uh, when we play at home. Um, it gives us that extra momentum, that extra extra power to to give a bit more when they when they're in our backs. So, so we hope uh, that as many comes as possible, give them a, a very good uh, a very good game uh, and hopefully uh, a semi final. Um, we need that, uh, and we know we can do it. So, so yeah, we need our fans to to believe in that as well. And obviously, Tim Cahill has scored uh, three uh, three goals over his last four shots against Perth Glory. Um, you have a, a wealth of talent. Uh, I mean, both teams have incredible strike force. Uh, Perth um, equally damaging at times. Um, are you expecting a goal feast again, or will will this knockout final mentality, a bit like a cup cup game final mentality, mean that the, the both teams will be a little bit more uh, n- uh, negative in their play? I hope it's going to be more negative in the play, as you said. Um, for me, it's fine enough with a with a one nil uh, victory uh, to keep the a clean sheet. It's uh, that boosts the defense uh, to win the game, and yeah, that boosts the whole team. And uh, yeah, the last game we played, we conceded five, so so we really need to be to be more focused and, and, and do better than we did last um, last week. Is this, is this your first experience, Michael, of an end-of-season se- end final series? Yeah. Yeah, so what, what, what's your what's your expectation of that and, and how do you feel about the fact that the season's over but we have this final series at the end, which is very uniquely Australian? It's a good thing because we are, we are not top of the league. Uh, for Sydney, it's not so good <laughs> yeah. because yeah. They, they won the league, um, but still we have a chance to, to be the grand final winners. Um, and then, of course, that is a, that's a big opportunity for yeah, for five other teams. So, so I think everybody's gonna gonna go for it. And uh, yeah, it, it's quite fun. It's a, it's a bit like cup games. You come in now, you have one game, and boom, if you win, yeah. you go through to to the semis. And if you win again, you're you're in the final. So it is a bit like like the cup. And uh, yeah, we just need to to do as we did uh, did in the cup. Hey, Michael, it's been great to have you on the show. Good luck on, on Sunday. Um, as you know, we're coming to Australia, uh, where football um, has traditionally not been the number one code, it fights for every uh, inch of, uh, of print space it can get in the newspapers and radio and TV and that sort of thing. And so when we see players of your pedigree coming over and gracing this competition and, uh, and enhancing the, the, the reputation and hopefully encouraging other players uh, from you know, other parts of the world to, to come here and, and improve the quality of the league, um, it, uh, we love to see it, mate. That's good. We, uh, we just need to make it as good as possible and keep on getting people over here. Good on you, mate. Good luck, Michael, and hopefully uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. That's good. Thank you very much. Not at all, mate. After the break, stick around. Laurie McKinna, he's going to talk to us about the sacking of Mark Jones at the Newcastle Jets and the future of the Newcastle outfit up there in the Hunter. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio, streaming through apps such as TuneIn Radio, Radio App, 
or the podcast on box2boxnts.com.au. After a messy pre-season, things looked on track early for Newcastle. Undefeated after three rounds, they had a mid-season run resulting in four wins, two draws and two losses between rounds 10 and 17. The finals at that stage were a realistic chance. But the back end of the season was a mess. Six straight losses ended in the sacking of Mark Jones. And while we want to know how the season declined after such promise, more importantly, we want to know how things are going to progress from here for Newcastle. So welcome to the Jets CEO, Laurie McKinnon, a real friend of the program. Laurie, thanks for coming on the show, mate. No problem, boys. Pleasure. So just like the brief snapshot there, Laurie, I mean, you paint that picture and, you know, mid-season you're thinking we started well, had a bit of a slump, then went on this nice run for about eight weeks and, and then just the trap door opened. What happened? You know, the, going the last six games that we lost, obviously you comment on that. No excuse, I think maybe 17 goals, mm. even 19 goals. I'm not sure we know none in reply. You know, the Brisbane game was the big turning point for me. We uh, were up 1-0, cruising 31 minutes, and Hoffman gets sent off. I think first one was a stupid looking for him. A minute later, he got booked again for something that um, I thought the referee got totally wrong. You know, the boy played for the free kick, got it, Hoffman gets sent off and for that moment I turned around to Christy, my wife, and said this could be our season over and from that point um, the conference the next week, every game we were in it at the start, as soon as we went down a goal, we were gone. We never looked like scoring, so that was, that's where the turning point was, because at that time we win the Brisbane game, we're sitting, it was either fifth or sixth spot we'd have been in and um, for then, the momentum just went out, conference went out, boys looking for excuses, you know, blaming other people, you know, no, no standing up. People, players, when they make mistakes, should stand up and um, put their hand up. But we had a lot of boys who weren't. Laurie, tell us about the decision around Mark Jones, because from the outside looking in, and, you know, we're not anywhere near the club, but from the outside looking in, um, he was brought in at the beginning of the season after uh, not being able to have a pre-season with the players. Obviously, not his squad, not his selection in terms of players. And then, um, uh, as Rob described, uh, the last six weeks, obviously unforgivable. But it seems like, uh, from the outside looking in, that it was a, a hard call based on a guy that maybe should have had a bit more time. Yeah, totally agree. But um, at the beginning of the season, when he got off of the job when Scott Miller went, the big thing I said to him, can you make the top six of the squad because that's the goal? And he said, I can't. I said, well, don't use it as an excuse. So all along, that was the, the, that was the demands at the beginning. As you said, the first three games went well. After that, we'd have five to eight injuries and we'd, we'd never had a good enough squad that we could actually fill these spots. So we struggled for about seven weeks and then we had a good run. Conference was up, but as I said, that Brisbane game, that was the, the big downfall. Do I think Mark Jones has done a good job? Um, he improved. Like you look at Naboot, who all these guys um, improved. With Jack Duncan's come in at the back, there are a few players that did really well. But you look at our visa players. Wayne Brown did a good job for us. Matteo Pauliak's always a good, honest pro. But um, um, Coco scored one goal, and Martin Orson scored three. You know, that's where we got let down. We'd scored eight goals for about five for Hull wide, but we just nothing through the middle. You know, we had no firepower, and that was evident in the last six weeks. You know, we were getting in positions against Western Sydney Wanderers. We get beat 3-0. But as a 30, 35th minute, when it was nil all, we were dominating. We've got a one-on-one chance with the goalkeeper. 
and we passed the ball for about six metres for somebody else to tap it in and play the ball behind. They got the part, scored two goals in two minutes, game over. And that confidence you want for your senior players, especially yeah. the visa players, we never had it. Look, it's, it, and look, players, as we all know, Laurie, um, uh, regards to when you're playing and then you're coaching, you know, your, your players are very, very important to you. But with the decision now that's being made, where are we going from here? Because I've, you know, I've heard Robbie Fowler's name, Harry Kuehl, Teddy Sheringham. I even heard Scott Miller returning. Uh, can you shed any well, light on? Well, <laughs> can can you shed any light on the type of direction of the type of coach that you want so to, the, to get to the club? The rumor on the rumors on Kuehl and Fowler came out last night on the news. I heard it on the news, and then I actually got contacted by Kuehl's agent, so he is interested. Yeah. In but and then Fowler, we've heard indirectly from somebody representing them, but probably three people that represent them that he's interested. Okay. You know, at the moment, um, I'll be doing a short list to send to the, the owners of the club. Yeah. I'll be giving my recommendations. At the moment, I'm standing behind what I said a couple of days ago: is we need some stability, big time. But we need some experience that's going to look after the dressing room, look after the training, and um, obviously he'll have the benefit of doing a full pre-season because Mark never Mark come in late. And um, and it's hard. Look, when Mark left an anti phone Mark on Sunday morning, I point him and he's a mate of mine. It's a hard gig when you have to do that to your mate, but the decision was already made. I hear Claudio Ranieri's um, looking for a job, mate. Um, any interest there? Hey, there are a few looking for a job. There's some nice resumes coming. Yeah, absolutely. But it does sound in all seriousness like there's some good names and uh, some serious names because, uh, you know, this is a serious football um, pedigree nursery um, and uh, and needs to be competitive, um, quick smart. Oh, it's a big time. It is. Look, we are, we're still averaging 9,000 people. We've got 8,500 members, you know, for a team that's not made the finals for seven years. They deserve more, don't they, Laurie? I definitely deserve more, and we thought, going back six weeks ago, we thought we had it. You know, we thought, mm. we beat Brisbane, we are in there at our own right with a good runner. But since that, as soon as we lost any goal in any game, you look at Wellington, you've gone, and Wellington's hard to go to, but we're over there in the game, and then we lost the first goal, finished up five. And all season, the most we'd lost the goal was 2-0. Then we lost five, we lost four. Against Sydney in the last game of the season, you know what? First half we're in the game, we're okay. We get a penalty four minutes to go, and we miss it. You mm. know, and that just sums that yeah. just sums up a season. And, and you wonder if if Andrew Naboot scores that goal, yeah. and we hang on one one nil, does Mark Jones keep his job? Because all of a sudden yeah. the Chinese have saved face. Yeah. They beat the champions. Things could all be totally different, but football's cruel sometimes. Exactly. Hey, Laurie, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate. We'll get you on again real soon when you when you come closer to the announcement. Thanks, Thanks, Laurie. Thanks around. Stick Bye. around. More A-League after the break with Dino on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box, and thanks to our great sponsors, Chemist Warehouse and Storage King. Lots of good mates at both organisations, whether it's Mario Tasconi and Brittany Farakawa, Joe Baresi down at Chemist Warehouse, or Michael Tate. Lyndon Atkinson, all the big names, Russell Pike and the boys at Storage King. But uh, some good news, our friends at uh, Chemist Warehouse have uh, backed us in for another 12 months. So um, so thank you to the guys at head office and uh, we'll uh, we'll do our best to get it bigger and better as we go into the World Cup year next year. Now the finals we'll are We'll have to take them to the World Cup, Rob. 
Well, I know a bloke who can get them there. Oh, really? Who's that? Might be you. Uh, Uh, (laughs) That's true. All right, so um, the finals of this weekend. We've been talking about it all show from the start. We had Michael Jakobsen on, uh, quietly confident and hoping it's not going to be a goal fest. Um, You know, we we sort of diverted a little bit with Laurie uh, uh, just before the break talking about Newcastle. But, Dino, um, look... I'm excited about this weekend's football. I think uh, now that the regular season's over, every single player and every single person in each of these organisations goes into this weekend with a lot of excitement and hope. So I reckon we're going to see two pretty good games of football. Yeah, look, it's the pointy end now, isn't it? It's um, It's been a long time coming, but now I hear it's good. It is, yeah. yeah. We've discussed this you know, the last few weeks on, on the show that it's, it's, it's drawn out because I think most probably the lack of... Promotion and relegation was one point mm-hmm. that we made, but the other point was that the two top teams mm-hmm. already had the queue it's in the rack. Away, yeah. It was already done, you know. So then it was all fighting for, you know, the, the next third, fourth, fifth, and sixth spots because mm-hmm. then the bottom four they couldn't mm-hmm. get close to it either. So all of a sudden that was done and dusted with about three weeks to go. So all of a sudden you've just got this thing. Well, we know what it's about now. It's about just where do you finish and. Mm. You want that excitement, I think. But look, we're here now, and um, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I think there's two really good games that we well, can let have me a just, look at. Let's have a look at Brisbane and Western Sydney Wanderers. I just want to go through the players that are unavailable for Brisbane, yep. which are not insignificant. Obviously, Matt Mackay, he's yep. out. Um, he's a, he possibly won't get up for next week in the event they yep. win as well. Arana has a hamstring. Jack Hingett is out. Yeah, broken uh, With a broken cheekbone. Yeah. He's unlikely to be available the next week. He's hoping the word on the street is that he could be totally out or wear a mask in the final if they get that yeah, far. Yeah, if they get that far. And obviously Daniel Bowles with a knee uh, is out, uh, but probably not a big enough name to, to worry too much about. So that that's significant. So can Brett Holman, Tommy Orr, Jamie McLaren and Thomas Broich get the raw over the line. In what could be Thomas's Thomas Broach's final game. That's right. The word on the streets is it's done. Mm. He won't be there, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. So, um, and he he did make that uh, that announcement this week. You're right, Rob. So, Dino, the question for you is, can that quartet of stars drag the Brisbane raw over the line? Sounds good on paper. Yeah. Look, I think their performance last week was um, it was an interesting game because it was like. Well, they needed to win. They, yeah, they, they needed, needed to win. win. And, yeah. But then when they got going, it was it was unbelievable, you know. Well, it was a comeback, wasn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable comeback. So for me, I think Brisbane have got it in the locker. You know, Jamie's in tip-top form at the moment, scoring goals, and and and, and Holman's finishing was pretty good as well, to be fair. Yeah, classic Brett Holman goals, almost a throwback to it was. 2010, wasn't when it? Retired we retired from international yes, duty yes, too early, boys. And and I think I think from that point of view they they must be really really confident that they've, they've one secured that home final which was really really important and I'm I'm pretty confident that they're going to go in thinking that they can win this game and it's also as remember from last year it's a repeat of that uh, mm. faithful final that they had where it uh, they were three nil up and it all went all went wrong didn't it mm, so yeah. uh, hopefully they won't be wanting to repeat that. Well, on the other hand, let's have a look at Western Sydney Wanderers. Can mm. these boys do it for them? Interestingly enough, the um, they have only Jacob Mellon is the only un- unavailable player with a back injury. Um, so coming back available this week, uh, interestingly enough, Mitch Nichols, Brent, Brendan Santalab, of course, he will, he will get a game, no doubt about that. Scott Neville, jump by Kasukami, uh, Joshua Soterio, 
Jonathan Espro, uh, who we they had did on rest the show. a lot last week. Yeah, they did. They did Lachlan rest. Scott, Terry Antonis, all of those plays back in. Fresh and so milk. I'm going to say, can these boys get Western Sydney across the line? And I'm going to name their guns: Brendan Santalab, Jump by Kasukami, Terry Antonis. Um, and obviously uh, the other person that I would put in there is Mitch Nichols. Can those boys get their team across the line? Again, most probably the way Popper's gone about this is he's, he's, he's obviously known the position that we're in. It was a matter of fact that this is where we're going to most probably finish, so let's get ourselves fresh. I left up. Nicholas Martinez out of that too. He's probably good enough to get a guess. I think he might. So <laughs> I think they're going to come in fresh, and that could be the key because the other factor is that Brisbane, as well as Western Sydney Wonders, have been playing in the Asian competition. But I've just got a feeling that you know, sometimes even when you've had a week off, as much as you're freshen up, you're not still in that hardened bat, you know, hard mould where you're thinking, well, you know, I'm ready for war again. And, and obviously Brisbane needed that result, so it wasn't like they just showed up and played a 90-minute game. They were needed to get that result to get this home final. Don't forget these two also played in the match of the final series last season yeah. Yeah. in what was an unbelievable win for Western Sydney Wanderers to get yes. them into the grand final. Yeah. And, Jamie, I think Brisbane in that match got uh, two goals in front early on, yeah. and then uh, it was all hands to the pump in the second half. So I'm expecting a big scoring game, and I reckon Brisbane's going to get there. Um, I'd like to see Brisbane get there, uh, but Popper's... Popper's good. Popper's good in these situations, and they are the finalists. Oh, is he on the year. fence, Rob, or what? No, no, yeah, no. He, I, he, he sounds like he sort of wants to be, but you know, this is yeah, a final I'm, of equals. I'm so. seeing that. You know, look, I, I think he's a really, really good tactician. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. If, I mean, look, if Brisbane win, I'm not going to be sitting there going, I couldn't believe, couldn't see that. But I've, I think Western Sydney Wanderers. Yeah. A really, really good value at the moment. So I'm mm. most probably going to lean and go the other way. I'm going to go Western Sydney. Well, they've been informed, but yeah. I just think uh, the big boys from Brisbane, yeah. uh, I'm going to back the Aussies, Holman, well, Orr and McLaren to get the job done. Well, I'm going to go with Dino because uh, I think that um, that when they were the front runners, they couldn't get the job done. They've made multiple grand finals and haven't been able to finish in their uh, you know, brief uh, uh, foray in the A-League um, so far. So now that they're coming from behind, I think the pressure's off them. I think Popper's the master tactician. I think they, uh, they've they timed their run just right because, uh, you know, in the Melbourne Cup, they don't give the trophy to the uh, horse that f- passed the winning finishing post first the first time. And they've just coming home with a wet sail. And, uh, okay, and, and all those Brisbane Raw fans all, that are driving to the game right now, honk your horn because Rob Gilbert mm. and Dean Hennessy are not in my corner. I'm in your corner. Honk your horn. <laughs> the other thing I think you got also way up as well is that uh, Western Sydney Wanderers away form as we know their home form hasn't been good this year they've been really really good away I mean their third I mean obviously Sydney FC's blown the away form out of uh, anything I've ever seen before but Melma Victory's on 18 points away and they got 17 so they're good away and I think the other thing is they've come from quite a long way back it was only six seven weeks yeah, ago they're trying to make the they case Brisbane Raw fans mm. they're trying to make the case Brisbane yeah. Raw fans I think, I but I reckon your guns <laughs> I reckon your guns are up for tonight come no. on Raw alright it's going to be a ripping game no matter what I think uh, we're going to see some entertainment and maybe even a little bit of extra time action perhaps penalties ok um, Sunday night at 7 o'clock this is the only thing that's a downer about the final time, series yeah. is the FFA have pulled this time for this match 
right out of their. Oh, look, it's only uh, a downer though, Edge. If um, if uh, if you're a Melbourne person intending to go to the game, so I mean the rest of Australia. Yeah, we'll be um, watching, we'll be on, watching telly. on TV. Yeah, I, yeah so I acknowledge let's that. Let's consider but... that. So I mean, what we do need, and we talked to Michael Jacobson, um, you know, earlier in this hour about it, is we need every single person who's a non-partisan football fan, um, you know, the non-victory fan out there who, who's you know on the on the bench. You've got Timmy Cahill playing in your own backyard in a knockout semi-final. I mean, there was a ripping game last week. Oh, Probably, it was. You know, it was entertaining. It wasn't pure football by any stretch, but bloody hell, it was a good game to watch. Okay, well, let's do the same thing. Let's just have a look. Obviously, Melbourne City, uh, let's rule out the three players that have got ACL injuries. Gamero, Brandon, and Kuzumowski, they're gone. I mean, yeah. and obviously, Fernando, who made a big impact early in the season, he's not available. Mm. So, can the guns for Melbourne City get them over the line. And and the guns, in my opinion, are obviously Timmy Cahill, uh, the boy that we've had on the radio tonight, Michael Jacobson. I think he steals them up in defence. He needs to have a big game, as does Luke Bratton and Bruce Kamau. I think they're the players that potentially about, can um, get the job the done. Captain? Bruno Fornaroli. Yeah, well, I mean, he's pretty good. Got <laughs> <laughs> about him, didn't he? Hey, not only... Uh... One of the top scorers in the league. But anyway, I think the one that's one I'm wondering about, um, I think all those names there all can show up. But Luke Bratton is the more concerning for me. I mean, he, he like, as you know, we're all close to the family because yeah, he was a Heidelberg yeah. father, etc. And, um, and we've always looked at his career. And he was, remember, we predicted the Aaron Moy departure and he would come back and it all worked. It just like... Well, Luke had a better first half of the season than he has in the second yeah, half, Yeah, and that's he? the point. It's yeah. a worrying that he's not playing anywhere near like he normally can. So whether that's he's been carrying an injury and just getting through. But he could be a really, really big key to this game. And I think he could be the difference if he really fires because the rest of them have been pretty consistent. I think you need to draw a little bit of a line out of the fact that... They didn't defend particularly well last week, Melbourne City. But then again, nor did Perth Glory. What was really entertaining is if you were a neutral and you're thinking, well, it's the first game I've ever watched. This is entertainment plus. It was mm. end-to-end. And when it got to 4-1 and knowing full well one more goal would do mm. it, I mm. actually truly believe that was it. It was over. Mm. But then out of nowhere, 4-2, and then really it was all game on again. Because that's the thing, if, after if that. you put that game in front of football fans... They would say oh, well, a disgrace. It. Well, no, what I'm saying a disgrace in terms of uh, you know the, the oh, technical aspect. Code. Yeah, that's okay, what I'm, I'm saying. Thinking... But other football fans, like AFL, rules up now, yeah, exactly, it? rugby league, <laughs> rugby union, they'd say, where's this game been hiding? Exactly. So <laughs> look, I, I think I think Perth. Well, they good value. The guns this year, for Perth: but... Andy Keogh, Marinkovic, obviously Diego Castro. You know, they're the, they're the boys, uh, and Adam Taggart, they're the boys who uh, can get the job done for Perth. You know? Well, they've so had three they, top goal scorers, Edge, as yeah. you well know. Um, and if you look at the, just the stats on the goal scorers alone, Perth Glory's got Taggart on 12, Keogh on 12, and Castro on 12. That's 36 goals from three individuals. Mm. And we've asked this question last week about having just one striker or one player from your team contributing goals, and that's Bruno Fornaroli on 17. That's it. Mm. There's no one near them out of, that, of yeah. that list so if he's off form and he gets nullified they've got to try and nullify three individuals that can score goals and have done it all year 
So and they don't mind playing at Amy Park. No, they don't. Glory. But, no but, the, but, the, but the difference could be, and, and this is no disrespect to Michael Valkanis, but Kenny Lowe has proven himself over many seasons. Valkanis has uh, come in halfway through the season. He's still new, yet to prove to the himself job, as uh, yeah. the um, you know, top flight. So you know, it's almost an audition. Uh, if he got gets Roy, though. Through. He's got Roy there. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the Hodgesaurus. Is he still out here? I think he is. Yeah, travelled. Travelled to Perth. Yeah, OK. Well, it would be good to see him there. Give him some advice. Hopefully not the same advice he gave England when they played Iceland. But uh, anyway, moving right along. Roy, if you're listening to the show, we'll hopefully welcome we'll to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, all right. So who are we predicting? Um, I'm uh, I'm predicting Melbourne City to do this one. And and look, I'm convinced one of these games is going to go to extra time and penalties. I think this might be it. I hope Melbourne City do because obviously we're based in Melbourne. We know quite a few people down there. But and I'm we not... love our Perth listeners. And, and we do. But I've I've spent a lot of time in Perth, and uh, I thought Kenny was really good value on the show he last was week. Fantastic. And I've just got a feeling that. Um, They'll take the, you know, at the end of the week they well, they won last week so they've beaten them and they'll go we can go and beat them again. So I, I want yeah, to I think that all the pressure's on Melbourne City because there's ex- expectation and I think Perth are, are a little bit carefree and and motivated at the moment. I think Perth's going to roll Melbourne City. So Edge Perth, 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 and I'm the Melbourne City so outlier. Out. So I'm picking Brisbane and Perth and you boys. Uh, Wanderers and two away teams. Wanderers yeah. and Perth. And I'm, and I'm Wanderers and City, so I'm predicting their two derby matches for the semi. Well, so we'll, I could we'll be mark, right. We'll mark that in wrong. the diary, and we'll just see how we go for for next week's show. We will because the, whoever whoever's right will remind the others. Of football course. fans around Australia, um, if you're in Brisbane and Melbourne, get to see the, get to see the games, and if not, tune in on the TV, Fox Sports, and enjoy what's going to be a fantastic weekend. Yeah, we're a ripper. Hey, but stick around because after the break, the football's not over. The Australian Financial Review's John Stensholt's going to join us for a special edition of News. Part two to talk through the breaking news on the free-to-air TV rights. The Herald Sun's Dave Davudovic to talk us through his article this week on promotion and relegation as that debate rages on. Dino, he's going to stick around, of course, with everything going on in the international game and we'll wrap it up with Mark and stoppage time. That's all coming up next on Box to Box. Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic! Welcome back to Box the Box. Very soon we'll chat to the Australian Financial Review's John Stensholt in a special edition of News Part 2 to talk through the breaking news on the A-League free-to-air TV rights. Then the Herald Sun's Dave Davudovic on his promotion relegation article of this week. Dino's going to return with everything going on in the international game and we will wrap it up with stoppage time. But first, as I said, the FFA talked up the dollars from the commercial free-to-air networks for the next round of rights. But as John Stensholt wrote this week in the Australian Financial Review, there was no firm bid ultimately, leaving the ABC as the most likely candidate. Tell us, John, is this a financial disaster for the A-League or are we missing something here? Oh, it depends on if you how much money uh, we thought the free-to-wear rights were worth. It was always going to be a, a small component of what what the uh, what the organisation and what the league got overall. Look, I think it's certainly not over just yet. It's still salvageable. There's all sorts of you know uh, things that could still happen under this this sort of scenario. Uh, I look, you know, talking to clubs, I think they'd be very satisfied if there was some sort of free-to-wear element, even if there was not a lot of money coming in. The most important thing, I think, was to get. Uh, you know, to get more eyeballs on the products, to get more people watching than uh, than just gets on Fox Sports, I suppose. So, look, a little way to go. It's probably not good news, though, having said that. 
Well, John, Mark here. I mean, yeah, eyeballs, that's great. And yes, the ABC rates better than SBS, but marginally so. And uh, it's... <sighs> It's just a, I'm sorry, it's a deflating outcome from, from my angle. Um, I spoke to Greg O'Rourke about a week and a half ago, and he seemed very, very confident that 7, 9 or 10, I mean, he didn't promise it, I'll give it to him, but that, that they were going to come in. And the fact that uh, none of them have actually put in a firm bid is disappointing. And my other next question is, why have the FFA done it at this time? Because now all of a sudden, I mean, um, you're, you're the first, you, yourself and Max Mason were the first to report this uh, just yesterday in the Fairfax uh, News with the AFR, but... Now you've got some sort of a deflating kind of bad PR story on the eve of your finals. Well, look, I think probably the idea was to get a good story uh, away uh, <laughs> you know, as, the finals, uh, as the finals were underway, or really, you know, it would have been a great story if they could announce something by the grand final in a few weeks' time. But look, they need to get moving, no doubt. I mean, any sport at this stage of the game would have to get moving. You've got to remember the next uh, season will start in, or well, what's roughly early October, isn't it? So... You know, in TV land, that's that's not very long at all. So things really need to get moving. Often, sports want to get deals done, you know, a year out. So it, time is of the essence, no matter what. You know, if you do it now, or if you do it next month or last month, it, the time is time is needing, uh, you know, to get going as soon as possible. So, look, it, it was a risk. Of course, it's a risk, but uh, yeah, that's, that's timing's the timing, no matter what. They need to get it done as soon as possible. John, um, sort of, I'm, I'm reading between the lines here, and also having spoken to a few people in the commercial networks today. Um, how unenamored with the process were the broadcasters? Oh, this bidding process versus open dialogue uh, versus no real interest, because uh, it seems to me reading between the lines and drawing conclusions that uh, maybe the bidding process has uh, got some of the networks offside. Oh, look. Yeah, the process in terms of dealing with um, consultants and all that sort of thing, that's, look, that's all standard practice. People make a big song and dance a little bit about the money that gets spent in that regard. But you know what? Other sports spend a lot more money on consultants than the FFA do. So I think, from a business point of view, that's a bit of a, look, you know, a small, a small, small issue. Uh, there were several parts of the tender, however, that were uh, a little bit onerous, I think, for the networks. In particular, this idea of having to pay Fox Sports uh, about $2 million a year in production costs, uh, that's one that was a bit of a stumbling block. Now, why that's in there, I don't know. There must have been some sort of a deal or arrangement they struck with Fox Sports, you know, potentially when they uh, you know, nailed down those talks in December. That's one issue. Uh, look, there was other parts that you know we've heard of that in terms of maybe not getting the best game of the round on free-to-air, uh, not having replay rights, not having streaming rights, that sort of thing. These days, I think it's fair to say that free-to-air networks want, want it, you know, if they can, they want it as, as far-reaching as possible. So that means, you know, the ability to show it on their websites, the ability to show it stream on mobiles, the ability to show it free-to-air on television as well. Those were kind of protected, I suppose. And look, it's really in there to protect Fox Sports being the major component of, uh, of the deal. That's the issue. So getting beyond that, there's there's no doubt that FFA spoke to all those networks. And I think if things were a little bit less onerous, I think those networks would have shown a lot more interest. And that's all. But that's all part mm. of the cut and trust negotiations.
Yeah, it sure is. Now, let's we've looked at the, the you know the downside of this, and you know mm. none of us are under any illusion that uh, you know a, a commercial free to wear um, offer, a big money offer was expected, and and what was really needed. So let's say we've got to deal with what we've got. It would seem to me that um, we need to to get a very clear picture of how the um, ABC are going to present the game, how they're going to market it, what other channels they're going to market it through, because uh, it's going to be a challenge for them to you know buy commercial space on a commercial. Uh, competitor uh, to, to, to let people know the games are on. So they're going to have to use digital channels to promote the games on ABC. They're going to have to use traditional forms of marketing other than commercial TV, radio, um, etc. So how, how do you see this playing out in terms of the, how they, the ABC and the FFA promote the, this deal and, and then what we're actually going to see in terms of what games and on what days on the ABC? Look, it, it's an if at the moment. I'm not going to say it's 100% going to the ABC. Look, you know, they're, they're the front runners because I think they've actually, you know, engaged with the FFA a bit more than the other networks do. So if you deal with the ABC first, look, obviously it's going to be difficult. But the ABC has shown other professional sports over time, semi-professional sports. It's not by any means impossible. It showed the Asian Cup, you remember, and the ratings mm. were quite good. So the reach of the ABC is very impressive. The mm, it is. Uh, the, yeah. the ABC has is very good. And the, uh, the soccer is games that good. have been on the ABC have been good ratings too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. So, But having said that, does that mean that uh, the other you know, the three free-to-airs or um, the big free-to-airs, I mean, or even SBS are out of the running? I'm not necessarily sure about that. Look, take a sport, take other sports like the basketballs and netballs of the world and look, don't, don't, don't sort of denigrate those sports. They have been quite... Uh, quite smart in getting you know, advertising share deals with mm-hmm. the big free-to-air networks or you know some sort of uh, profit share arrangement those things can't be ruled out right so i mean there's smart people that are doing these negotiations uh i'm, I'm not going to rule out anything at the moment i'm not going to rule out the you know a couple of weeks time actually things turning around and then striking a deal with a seven to nine or a ten i'm not going to rule out everything going back to fox and then fox going and striking their own deals that mm-hmm. it actually ends yeah. up on free-to-air at some stage these are all still in play i think if it does end up on the ABC, John, and it's actually pleasing to hear you say it may, it's not inevitable by any stretch that it does, my only concern, and yeah, you're right, I mean, look, it's, it does rate quite well, and it is, of course, the national broadcast that gets into more spaces around the country than anywhere else, and it's got a bit of a history of football. But the, my question is from the commercial side, and Michael, you might want to chime in, when you've got uh, partners like Hyundai, like Aldi, um, whoever it might be, their inability to basically activate in any way, shape or form on ABC, for me, is a concern. Oh, look, it is, it is concerning. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but it's not necessarily uh, meaning that ABC is going to be plastered with ads as well. Don't forget, these are simulcasts of Fox Sports games, so... Now, those advertising hoardings are still going to be seen, uh, you know, across the ABC coverage. And, OK, they're not going to be doing running ads at halftime or anything like that. Now, don't forget, too, there's still streaming rights up for grabs. And I think you'll find that someone like a Telstra would still be extremely interested in those. And things can be monetised that way as well. So it's not like that uh, advertisers are suddenly going to have no options out there. I mean, basically, the only option at the moment is Fox and a little bit of SBS. I know you can run ads on SBS, but... Maybe they can broaden things other way. You know, digitally, I think they're going to do a lot more of that you'll see in the future, for example. It's not overcomable. It's not insurmountable. It doesn't mean, it's, as, as I keep saying, it doesn't mean it's a great news story either. You touched on the streaming. The streaming's been an area that the A-League has underperformed in significantly with its uh, its current deal. Um, so, John, your information is Telstra's still well and truly in the mix because that would be a big win. Oh look, I think that I think absolutely. Uh, it doesn't mean again that it's going to be hugely uh, lucrative. I mean, but 
you know, netball has got a good, interesting deal with Telstra mm. where games are on they Telstra have. TV as well. Mm. And you see a lot of advertising for netball around Telstra products. I mean, if you had football being advertised on those Telstra products, I think every one of you would be pretty happy with that. I think people would be extremely happy with that. Telstra has a huge reach out there, don't mm. forget. And there's more people consuming, you know, their uh, sport or whatever, entertainment and so on and so forth on digital devices these days. And if something like that happens, that's pretty, pretty good, I think. Yeah, it sure is. And and uh, the one ace up the sleeve in terms of that digital content is the fact that uh, Optus obviously have the deal with the Premier League and, and Telstra need to get involved in football. But uh, thanks again, John. Now, before we let you go, mate, we uh, we just want to send a cheerio out to you from a mate of yours who wanted us to make sure that we, we acknowledged you as the podcast king um, before we before we let you go. He says that 18 months might be too long to hold a grudge. Do you know who, who that might have come from at all, mate? <laughs> that sounds like my co-author uh, Sean Mooney, perhaps, or or uh, Melbourne Victory, uh, uh, or uh, well, person who came up with the Victory idea, maybe Maverick Tony Icing, one of those characters, no doubt. No, no, you're, you're right, first up, mate. And a cheery out of Tony Icing. Probably the only but, ones who ever listened to me as well. So. But, but it was certainly Sean Mooney, the uh, co-author of the book A League: <laughs> The Inside Story of the Tumultuous First Decade of the A League. So, uh, if you haven't got it yet, and we know that every true-thinking football fan in this country should have it on their bookcase or on their bedside table. Go out and get it because it's a rollicking read and uh, and well worth uh, the effort to, to get down to your local Demix, Angus and Robertson online or Booktopia or wherever you can buy it. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, as Sean says, I'll be on any podcast anytime. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, even, the more, even the Moreland City ones talking about uh, oh, those dashes down the right wing there. Exactly. That's probably the best one I've ever been on, actually. No, no, no disrespect you. Hang on, box to box. I thought we <laughs> we're digital radio first, podcast second. That's right. Yeah, good oh, on you, mate. Of course, of course. Thank, thank you, John. Thanks as always, mate. You're always generous with your time, and um, and our listeners uh, who love the game want to know what's going on at every level, on the pitch and off it, and you always give plenty. Oh, all good, gents. No problem at all. Talk to you again soon, mate. So uh, next up, we've got Dave Davudovic. He's going to talk about the latest in the promotion relegation debate. And isn't that just continuing to drag on forever? Hopefully one day we'll actually get a result. That's next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. Now, like the rest of the Australian football world at Box to Box, not a week goes by these days without some discussion on promotion, relegation, and likewise in the print media and every other form of media, there seems to be some well-reasoned argument each week. And this week, it was Dave Davidovic who wrote his article in the Herald Sun, an article that simply could not be ignored. Dave, welcome back to the show, mate. Always a pleasure to have a chat with you, boys. Thank you, mate. And we're uh, sort of uh, about an hour away from kickoff in tonight's um, opening uh, elimination final. But we do want to get stuck into this conversation because what we'd really love to be talking about in the show this week is what a great round there was last week um, after some promotion and relegation battles leading into the finals. But uh, but we can't do that, mate. So, look, can you just dissect some of those numbers in your article? Because that was what really um, interested us in terms of, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of domestic players players that, that were playing in the NSL compared to, to the amount of domestic players and the opportunity that's being lost before we get into the commercial model? Yes, yeah, so, uh, I mean, obviously the A-League has been a, a, a fantastic competition for uh, for a number of years, but uh, with less clubs than, uh, than we had in the National Soccer League and more visa players, uh, it was pretty clear to me that far fewer... Um, 
far fewer uh, Australian players were getting opportunities. So um, as my uh, dishwasher goes off, boys, apologies. But, uh, as long as it wasn't the TV going off, mate. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, we're all set for the game tonight. Mm. But, um, yeah, so there's obviously uh, obviously far uh, fewer players getting opportunities. So I thought I'd have a look into it. And um, the last round of the 2000-2001 season was, was interesting for me because there was a 16-team competition, which is, I think, what we're all gunning for in mm. uh, in the A-League. And uh, that weekend, 193 Australians featured, 154 of those started. Um, it was a 34-round season, so of those players, they theoretically, uh, or most of them would have got more games under their belts than the players uh, these days. Final round of the A-League season last week, 69 Australians started, um, tw- uh, 23 came off the bench. So um, it is a massive difference. And if you even have a look at the last round of the last NSL season in 2419 Aussies started 33 came off the bench so um, basically the long and the short of it over a hundred Australian players were getting games uh, back in what 15 16 years ago um, so the question is where are those hundred plus uh, players uh, going now some of them have obviously gone overseas although it should be noted that there, there were a lot of Australians playing abroad back then um, but I would I would have thought that a number of them um, are playing in the NPL these days the state leagues and a lot of them would have given up um, with the lack of opportunity to the bottleneck at the top of the Australian game so um, it's pretty evident to uh, to me that uh, a league expansion and or a second division is absolutely crucial to open up opportunities. And uh, you know when you put it all into context, I mean Andrew Postecoglou talks about the fact, and Johnny Warren spoke about it decades ago. We want to win a, a, a FIFA World Cup. Well, we're not mm. going to do it with a ten-team national competition. That's evident. Yeah, this is box to box on NTS News Talksport. We're talking to the Herald Sun's Dave Davidovic. Now, Dave, to be the devil's advocate, though, how many of those players back in those days would have been fully professional? Um, is um, is that something that we need to, a lens that we need to look through um, when we make those comparisons? Well, that's the irony. I mean, back then they weren't uh, professional. First glory, I reckon, were in the process of. Carlton, um, and when I look back at the 16-team competition, that was Carlton's last full season. They lasted about eight or nine rounds the following year, and they were, uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, professionals, ex-their players. So, um, but you know, Melbourne Knights, uh, Gippsland Falcons, uh, I think most of the South Melbourne squad uh, and most of the interstate teams, they weren't. Um, yet, our the, the players we were producing for the Socceroos and abroad, uh, I, I think it's hard to argue that uh, uh, that they weren't better back then. So um, it, it really poses some intriguing questions for mine. Um, you know, whilst the A-League has been fantastic, we needed to go down that path of professionalism and, uh, you know, getting into the mainstream. We've clearly lost our way uh, in terms of being a, a developmental country. I mean... Mm. Uh, you know, it's not just the Socceroos who are struggling at the moment, but particularly we've shone the light on the Australian uh, youth teams. And, and they're the ones, you know, when you look at the, the, the squads, the A-League squads last week, there were bugger all young players playing. I mean, Western Sydney threw a few extra ones in. Um, Junior Backus got in there and, and was fantastic in uh, a rare appearance for him. Um, you know, a couple of other guys, Asperopotamidis, yeah. uh, etc. But in general, um, we're not seeing many young players, and it's the Australian youth national teams that are really hurting, and uh, by extension, uh, down the track, our, uh, our senior national team. 
So development and uh, development pathways, establishing club and player pathways, is got to be a, a priority. And the PFA has come out with a Division Two. Uh, footprint or loose plan uh, they've put the discussion on the agenda let me just quickly go through that Dave yep. and then we'll ask for your opinion operating turnover per club they estimate to make it work five to six million uh, league costs of 10 to 12 million um, and it's about establishing that second tier club and pathway which may be the next four to six um, A-League clubs could ultimately come from based on the fact that there is no A-League expansion appetite from the FFA at all. It's off the table. Um, they've got a governance crisis they're dealing with. Whatever happens out of that, it may be 2020 before we even have a look in with any sort of expansion. Could this PFA discussion point grow some legs and could a Division 2 that, that welcomes some of these consortiums that are considering getting involved, Tasmania, Victoria, Patriots, Southern, Sydney Expansion, South Melbourne, you name it, uh, Dave, is the D- Division 2, is, is that something that could happen with or without the uh, FFA's imprimatur? Well, that's a really interesting question. Uh, I mean, you'd obviously want the uh, the FFA's uh, seal of approval. Um, otherwise, it would be a, a, you know, a rebel competition, I guess. So there'd be nothing stopping you setting it up. But uh, those players would, uh, if FIFA didn't recognise it, obviously they would be ineligible to play for the Australian National teams, uh, something similar happened uh, in Indonesia a few years ago. But, um, look, you'd think that common sense would prevail and that the FFA uh, would um, encourage, endorse and, uh, you know, partake in discussions. I'm not sure uh, FFA will be leading the the, the discussions. They've got uh, a number of other uh, issues on their their burgeoning plate at the moment. But, um, you know, the PFA have done some fantastic work and uh, a couple of months ago they released, uh, you know, what I consider a potentially revolutionary blueprint for the women's game. Um, and this is a similar space that they're entering with a, a second division. And, you know, you've got Chief Executive John Didalister there who's got fantastic experience working uh, in the FFA's legal department, Melbourne City's football department, um, and uh, his second stint at the PFA. And, of course, they've got a number of other um, high-caliber people there as well. So um, they've obviously collated uh, this wealth of uh, knowledge uh, from... Over the journey and uh, and done this uh, this cost analysis for a potential second division. So, um, five point five million is an interesting number. Um, there's been a misconception out there that uh, that NPL clubs, state league clubs, former NFL clubs, whatever you want to call them, um, have been uh, would be excluded from this potential second division. But um, in my discussions with the PFA, that's certainly not the case. I mean, uh, I, I'm not sure. It's People have just drawn conclusions uh, with, you know, um, assuming that these clubs couldn't afford that. But to be honest, when you look at the spend of, uh, you know, Melbourne City, Melbourne Victory, Sydney FC, I mean, their their football department spends are uh, are more than double that. So Mm. for any prospective A-League club, you'd think that a 5.5 million um, football operating budget would be fairly realistic for a second division. But... uh, you know, it's really, it's almost a catch-22 scenario, boys, because it's, it's been sort of posed to me that uh, it couldn't work without, um, you know, without TV support. But, mm. I mean, you're not going to get TV support until you get some, no. you know, some, some serious, uh, I guess, uh, 
backing from the club. That's exactly right, mate. Listen, we're going to get you back on to talk about this again because um, you know there's the, the conversation's going on for a while. You call for the debate, mate, and it's ongoing, and uh, and we're grateful for you to come on the show tonight, mate, to get on with the next stage of that conversation. Good on you, boys. Always a pleasure. Good on you, mate. Enjoy the footy this weekend. Will do. After the break, Dino's back with all the international news. Box to box. Can you for Chemist Warehouse, home of real brands and real savings, and Storage King, they're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. It's been a big show tonight, but what a big week it's been in international football. The uh, Champions League fixtures were played and won, and we've got a big round of the domestic competitions coming up this weekend. Dino. Very exciting week. It has been, mate. But before we get into it, you know, none of us are, uh, well, we're either 50 or either side of it in this studio. I think uh, Mark's probably the baby of the crew, uh, um, but uh, but I know... Um, Excuse me. Yeah, well, you are, mate. You, you look. Excuse you're not me. might not be 50, but you look it. Um, <laughs> I know I am guilty I'm as charged. Well, I'm over 50, so I've got no choice. I'm 46, thank you, boys. <laughs> tell you, I told you, I saw it all close to it. And, and Mark is 44, so, um, you know... So, Four zero. Sorry, there you heard him in the background. Baby, but uh, look, <laughs> everyone starts to feel the aches and pains as you get a little bit older. You might have mild arthritic pain, but mild arthritic pain needn't have you. Try Healthy Care Glucosamine HCL from Chemist Warehouse. Glucosamine assists in building and maintaining healthy cartilage and is essential for sustaining joint mobility. An everyday dose may help reduce joint swelling associated with arthritis. Arthritis is a very common condition in Australia, affecting people of all ages and from all walks of life. Current trends suggest, Dino, that by 2050, when we'll all still be alive, we'll be about 100 years old, 7 million Australians will suffer from some form of arthritis. So help your bones and joints with Healthy Care Glucosamine HCL 1500 tabs for just $33.99. That is a steal at Chemist Warehouse. Always read the label. Use only as directed. If symptoms persist, consult your healthcare professional. Chemist Warehouse, lowest prices guaranteed. Do you know you'll be in there this week? I'm on them already, so um, I'm all over that because uh, when you've played like the games we've played on pitches that we used to play in pre-season that we used to have, mm. yeah, your body takes its toll. So, um, you know, we pretend we're 51 but feel like about 71. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it does help. I mean, I'm not uh, sort of rattling with pills myself, but uh, <laughs> there's a couple that I like to take and, uh, and that is one of them. <laughs> so, so, Dino, it was a big week. So, mate, um, Look the Champions on. League, just there was some great results. Um, I thought if Leicester had a step their foot on the gas a bit sooner, it might have worked out. There were some shocking refereeing performances. There was, look. I mean, it all started on the Tuesday, uh, their time, Wednesday hours. Uh, and, and it's not a kind time for us. It's a really early start. Yeah. But the Leicester performance, I thought, warranted more than what they got. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've obviously conceded. Uh, and that hurts, especially when you, yeah. you know, you're a goal down anyway. So all of a sudden then, you know, it came. I think the second half performance was really good. Yeah, and Shakespeare really um, made, his change, that made up, the changes. Yeah, 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 good substitutions. You've got to give him credit. Mm. Uh, and Vardy scoring, and all mm. of a sudden you go, well, I think, yeah, another one. But there was about two or three cleared off the line or blocked. Yeah, and yeah. But, but, but but they weren't fluky blocks, were they? I no, mean, they weren't. They were tactical. Like you got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, he's you? a good manager, and he's... Uh, and that's why they've been to the pointy end of this Champions League, you know, year after year after year while mm, he's been mm. there. So, uh, look, uh, I think a gallant uh, experience for Leicester, I'm sure, which their supporters and everyone in Britain were right behind them to try and get through to the next round. Uh, but I think the game that really 
stuck in my throat a little bit was the mm. Real Madrid by Munich. Now, mm. this is a game where Real Madrid have gone over there and won, yep. and then it's reversed itself in normal time. But there was mm. a key moment in the game mm. in the 84th minute when uh, Arturo Vidal mm. made his second challenge on mm. the first challenge. Clearly got the ball. Clearly got the ball the first time. Mm. On the first yellow, mm. shouldn't mm. have gone. Mm. But now, to go on the second one, mm. unbelievable. And you know it's like there. You're away from home, massive crowd behind them, and it's now going into extra time. And yeah, it was, and at least one, possibly two of Ronaldo's hat-trick goals were offside. Two. Yep, so and the it, number of fouls that were committed by the by the, the central, central defender for uh, So it must have been conspiracy theory coming out of your um, your mouth there, mate? Uh, look, I'll tell you now, if Bayern Munich, you know, if I was their manager, I mean, you just think, well, where does the line be drawn? I mean, mm. I saw him at the end of full time and he's walked over and he's looking at it and he's pointing and he mm. just basically... But they've been robbed. Um, mm. But what was the most probably the most interesting stat? How many shots at goal did they have between themselves? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know that one, Dino. 50. 50. 50 shots at goal between them. 30 so from Barcelona. Uh, sorry, from Real Madrid. And That's 20 from Bayern Munich. Amazing. Okay. So, yep. So then we moved on quickly then to Monaco, Borussia Dortmund. I'm just going to hang it out there that the Borussia Dortmund thing was failed from the time the bomb took off. Yeah. And then they were delayed even coming to their stadium mm. because of security, which you understand. And very, very sad for that playing group to get to a quarter final yeah. and so many things off the pitch yeah. get in their way yeah let down by so many aspects i mean you can't blame fifa for, for what no, no, happened no, no, but, no, but the reaction to it um was pretty tawdry and then obviously to round it all off barcelona interesting um three mm. nil on aggregate i mean juventus how do you have mm. Lionel messi in your side and you can't score a goal well Juventus, that's most probably why. Juventus mm. defensively have been outstanding yeah. for many that's years. That's the fairy tale story. And they are. They're, they're Gigi just, Buffon. They're just, well, not just him, but just the manager, the way they set up and mm. what they're prepared to do not to concede. I think the manager, you know, I was talking to Mark off air about, well, I think I didn't read that article, but he said, look, we could have been there all night. They would mm. never have scored. Mm. And mm-hmm. when you have that belief, it's, you know, even the best players in the world and they've got, mm. you know, the famous three mm. and they couldn't break it down. So. Mm. For me, look, uh, exciting. Now we're just interested in what the draw looks like in the semis. Have we got any idea? Do, what do we want? What do we look for? Well, um, there's the uh, the Madrid... Um, Monaco Derby. and Real Madrid. That'll be a game. Yeah, that would be. Mm. Actually, I'd, I'm going to just throw something out there. I think Monaco are half a little sniff in this. So do I. I like them a lot. I do. I mean, they've, I like they've them took some big, you know, Dortmund. Nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Plenty yeah. to gain. I'm young, going, I'm going young boy the is on fire. I'm going for the Italians. I want to see Gigi Buffon just, uh, finally just swing before, off the just swing. Before, you want to see him swing off the <laughs> goalpost at the end, don't you? Just before we, um, just before we leave the whole uh, campaign of the Champions League till the semis, Cristiano's hat-trick made him the first player to score 100 Champions League goals. Wow. And players, what was very, very interesting, and this might be for, for next season's thoughts, but the average age of Bayern starting 11 was 30 years old and 116 days, making it the oldest Champions League in history. So we move on now to what used to be one of the most favourite pastimes for all young kids when I was a little kid was the FA Cup final mm-hmm. and we're in the semis which most probably are more exciting than the finals generally mm-hmm. but we've got some really big hitters here we've got Chelsea and Tottenham mm-hmm. 
on uh, Saturday, which will be very, very late, well, early Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And then on the Sunday, which will become Monday, we've got Arsenal Man City. But just last chance saloon for Mr. Arsene Wenger. Wenger. Yes. I tell you what, he'll be loading up on shots. Well, why don't we start on that, Arsenal? I mean, what is their seat? This, this is absolutely massive to them. I mean, I know they've won in midweek, which will go when we there's a roundup in the league, which gives them a sniff of still the Champions League. It does give them but a sniff. This is a really important game to them. It is, you know, because uh, Wenger um, gets criticised for not winning trophies. Um, FA Cup, he has done okay in recent times, so I would expect this becomes the most important fixture for them probably of the year. So and his what? whole career and legacy it may be hanging off this one because if they obviously they don't finish top four, they don't win um, then they have to win this. Well, there's still, still a chance to finish top four. There's a write chance, them off. but um, oh, look, I'm 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 pretty close to writing them off in terms of their you know their their, their league. Form. What about Pep Guardiola? Does, does he lead to look at something and just put a trophy? In of the, course he does. Yeah, cabinet. that's why this game's huge. Yeah. And, and Pochettino, he hasn't won anything as well. So. No, he hasn't, but I think he gets a little bit of licence mm, because he hasn't won I, anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying coach. he's any danger, but I'm saying he's got to win something but, soon. But, but Arsene Wenger's won a lot. Mm. Uh, Conte's won a lot. Mm. Pep Guardiola's won a lot. Yeah, yeah. Hell of a lot. He hasn't won anything, but he's still, for me, one of the best managers. He's the, he's the one coming through. Now, just on the Chelsea Tottenham, just a bit of news for you. Of the, the whole PFA team of the year, Walker, Rose... Ali and Kane got in the side, mm. and for um, for Chelsea there was uh, Cahill, Louise, Hazard, and Kante. So all of a sudden, eight of the eleven starters just come from these two in this semi-final. So I thought that was interesting. So predictions: I'm going to go for Chelsea to win in the first, and I'm going to go for Manchester City to win the second. I'm Spurs v City in the final. Okay, Edge for the final. Chelsea Chelsea versus Arsenal. You're okay. just deliberately being a protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's happening in the in the in the Premier League, mate? Premier you always League. have some good points to make about uh, you know the sharp end of the well, season. Well, we do, and I think you know most probably. Let's start at the top. We're looking at Chelsea, Tottenham. I've done a little Champions running stats. I mean, mm. it's it's only four points. The goal difference for Tottenham make a big big difference to them that's mm. like an eight goal buffer so that mm. might come into play should mm. something mm. go wrong in the next two weeks but Chelsea have got a pretty um, they're not easy but no. it's not a rough run home well they've got the, they've got the Southampton Middlesbrough Watford and mm. Sunderland all at home and to be fair if you're not winning those type of games mm. you don't then you don't, don't deserve to be champions right. yeah, the yeah. sticky one is Everton away because Everton away at Goodison is absolutely I mean they are on fire at home and they might be playing for European football they, well they point. are they're right up there I mean they're mm. on 57 points they're actually trying to push without a doubt Tottenham have the much harder run home mm. well without they do Palace you know with Big Sam in unbelievable and form that's away and, and he'll make it hard for them because they're fighting and scratching for survival. London derby the next week. Yeah, I mean, and that's that not, doesn't that, matter what the form is in that that's, game. That could go out the window because of the yeah, form, I agree. That's right. West Ham away, that, that's no picnic. No, Manchester United at home, Leicester away and Hull away. I'll tell you what. It's a, it's a tough run for Tottenham. But if, but if they win all those... Then they deserve it. And, and if they win all those, they probably do they win. Do. And also, I think on the, the on the Premier League point, uh, sorry, from the Premier League's point of view, down the other end, I think it's really now. I've almost put a line. I, I think Bournemouth one more win, and this week's really going to be important because they play Middlesbrough. But if mm. they win, for yeah. me, they're safe. They go to 38, which is like a 40 for me. Um, Hull City are on 30. 
Swansea 28, Middlesbrough 24 and Sunderland 21. I think Sunderland get beat this weekend and they play Middlesbrough, believe it or not. Mm. So that will decide. I mean, that's going to be, that is a six-pointer for both. Sunderland, if they win, they've got a half a chance. Middlesbrough win, then all of a sudden they're going to be in a really good position to maybe survive. Middlesbrough, you know, Bournemouth on Saturday and Sunderland on Wednesday. Massive, two games. Two games. They win both games and uh, they all of a sudden... Turn the season around. That's right. Absolutely. Dino, you've got to leave yourself some time for the championship and a big congratulations to to the Seagulls. To the Seagulls. Um, Mr. Perez or Soro Perez. Yes, Ben uh, Soro Perez, our former Brighton Hove Albion insider who does the website for us. Ben, we are... I had a very long discussion with him about Brighton and he was super proud. Yeah. Are you saying, does he still think they'll make it even though they're, they're, they're mathematically guaranteed? No, is he still he, being sceptical no, about no, it? No, he's very happy and he should be too. <laughs> for those anyway. of our listeners who, who listened when Ben was a feature part of the program, Leicester uh, were just going through the motions towards the end of the season and uh, uh, even when the world had agreed they were going to win, he still didn't believe it. <laughs> Look, I'm really, really pleased for Brighton because they've been knocking on the door for a long, long time. And, uh, you know, congratulations. What's going to be important, they play Norwich on the weekend. Mm. If they do win, they win the actual league as well. Mm. Um, What's interesting most probably more so in this league now is there's obviously there's a relegation battle mm. but also Newcastle really do need to win this weekend yeah well you know if they if they continue in this poor form of the last couple of weeks they they could um, run the risk well, of, they could. of getting Red- run down by Reading because Reading are in good form but uh, look I've got a feeling that Newcastle will and Huddersfield have got a game in hand as they well have. let's not forget yeah. that well if they get that game in hand all of a sudden that becomes then a four point gap mm-hmm. but I think if Newcastle were to win this weekend I think it's over I think down the bottom Rotherham have gone my real concerns here it's Really, I think Wigan are almost gone. And then you've got Blackburn, 44, Nottingham Forest, 45, Birmingham, 47, now with a new manager. Can I, can I just say, <laughs> uh, Saturday night I caught up with a great uh, Birmingham man, Steve Smith, who scored 60 goals for Preston in the old NSL. I'll tell you what, he could score a goal smudger. He was very good. And smudge. I know he's, uh, he, he swaps between Villa and Birmingham, but he's from Birmingham. And we looked at each other and we said, what on earth is going on there? And by Monday, yeah, Zola way. had resigned. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, Birmingham's City, they have to be. Is, is there an award but it's, for? But it's good to is see. there an award for who's been the biggest dickhead in in football? But, this year? The good, the, but they've redeemed themselves by going for one of the great up and coming coaches, just about to set uh, his stall out and. Uh, <laughs> Harry Redknapp, eh? And Harry, Harry, Harry to be fair, has been very kind and said if they go down, he won't get paid. <laughs> oh, that's nice of Harry. So that's, uh, and they need four points, is what he said. Four they need points four points. They Can you believe that? There's some really good, on social media, some imitations. Well, it's not him talking, but it's about all the deals he's done. Mm. And he's trying to but they must say, have can had, we bring him in? Can we bring him in? Put a, I'll have Ronaldo. And then he goes, and then the, the last caption is, we've got no money. <laughs> they must have put a big check in front of him to get him away from the South Coast Mariners in Australia. Too, well, that's right, yeah. South Coast. All right, Millie, uh, they, having said that, it's a massive game, the Villa Birmingham game. It yeah. is as well, in yeah. Britain's biggest or second biggest city, it's huge. Yeah, Birmingham, I hear you calling me Dino. Thank you. Mate, stick around for stoppage time because we'll we're going to have a four way chat about um, the way we think that the A League finals should be played out. So everyone's going to have an opinion on this. So uh, tune in and let us know your thoughts. That's after the break. Stoppage time on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And Storage King. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all. Yes, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. And the fourth official signals it is only 
There is only seven minutes left. Now, we're going to have a little panel discussion on our views on the uh, the finals makeup and the way that it is set up and the way we think it should be set up. But before we get going, boys, we talk about storage all the time, and now we've finally all got our excess stuff into storage, comfortably settled around uh, the city. But uh, let's not forget that there is a lot of points that we need to make, whether it's moving from home, decluttering, whether it's the family changing the size and shape of the people that live within their house, if I'm sort of losing track a little bit, size and shape of people living within their house, they're not going to change the don't size that, of the individual. Don't know what that means, but uh, mate, how about running a little small business? Exactly. You don't have the, room at home. That's the point I'm making, because today's technology means you can run a business from almost anywhere, and that's where storage can come in. Say goodbye to expensive office space and store your stock. Store your extra size, if you can move some of your extra size around and you can unravel what that possibly means. Store your business documents and equipment <laughs> at your right. local storage kit. Because there is just one around the corner. I did say make this quick. We love Storage King, but make it quick, Rob. Go to to storageking.com.au for your nearest location and you will find it all over Australia because they are the kings of storage and more. 1-800-STORAGE, call it today. And Rob, did did you know that I went to Storage King earlier today and whipped out my the Edgeley version of the A-League finals? Ah, yes. Well, tell us how it rolled. I rustled in the boxes boxes and I pulled out the Edgeley uh, system. The Edgeley Almanac. Yeah, because I think we... We, uh, we don't have enough finals mm. if we're going to have this top six. Okay, so we've so got we're to top put six, something on the table. And you don't think <clears throat> the top two are rewarded sufficiently? Correct. So my view is that, uh, yeah, we have three versus six and four versus five in knockout elimination finals in week one, but we also have the first week of a two-leg home and away between uh, one and two. So Sydney would play Melbourne victory in a home and away leg over two weeks. Okay, and that would allow us to get an extra final. Uh, and basically, what those two, one and two teams are playing for is a is a spot in the grand final and a week's rest, uh, while uh, also getting a double chance because the loser would then front off and play in a preliminary final against the winners yeah. of the elimination finals that go through. So basically, the winners of the elimination final would play off. Uh, to play the loser of the home and away league from one and two in a prelim. In a prelim, we get an okay. extra final, and I think that's the way the finals should work. Marco, okay. You, no, because I was just so working three it, games this week, pull, two games next week, uh, a, a preliminary final in week three, and then a grand final week four. Don't mind that, to be honest. Um, I didn't realise you're going to have that playoff the next week because I sort of thought, hang on, I'm no mathlete, but hang on, what happens in the second week when? Um, the other two teams are standing there, you know, in the wind. But well, uh, well, I've actually got a little bit of a thought on that, uh, Marco. Not a, top, uh, not a top eight. I hope. Well, well, I wasn't in the last segment, so I was thinking, right, I'm going to really, I'm going to take Edge's lead. So I'm, I'm with Edge so far. So yep, yeah, I think the champions who finish first choose Homer away first. Yes, they decide. Yes, that's a good idea. It's yep. away goals. That's very good. Away, yeah. You like that? Yeah. Away goals rules count as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's double, as we know, when it gets close. Because we all know the hosting the second league can be a bit well, of a advantage. Well, it can be. And it's up to, you know, yeah. you'll decide, well, Sydney will go with the champions. We're yeah. going to play away first yeah. and see how we yeah. go. Anyway, that's that's part. Three and six will play. Four and five will play. But I've got them playing in home and away as well. Mm-hmm. So I've gone slightly different. That's because I don't want a week off for anybody. Right, okay. Mm. But at the end of that, that's home and away and away goals and all of that. But that'll end up with just two winners. And then that's the semi-final. It's semi-final winner. Say say Sydney beat Victory. They're the, the first finalists. They'll play the ones out of four and f- uh, five and four. And say Victory were got beaten that. They would play between Brisbane and Western Sydney Wonders as it is today in a semi-final at the home venue of the two top two because they were at home. Then you got a semi-final, two semi-finals and a final, but that was already decided 
when the team that won that first major week one and week two had the home final at their ground. Mm, so, yeah. guys, what's mm. preventing uh, the FFA from going with one of these extended uh, scenarios? What, is, is it venues? They wouldn't uh, do because we, we suggested it. Is it just it. that they can't <laughs> make a correct decision to save their lives at any juncture? Um, Edge, seriously. I mean, you know, if, if, if there were more games which equals more TV rights money, then it, it seems like a no-brainer to extend... Well, they've got the three, ga- three games in week one, three games in week two. Mm-hmm. And then, in, and obviously then the next week, they've got two games going off and then they've got the final. I mean, there's yeah, plenty because, of finals, because effectively, games we, we've, got, and... we've got uh, yeah, what five games in the entire final series is, is, is not a lot of games no. as it currently stands. No, so it's, it's a bit silly, isn't it? Yeah. So, so it's five versus nine. We've, unlike the we've come up with an alternate strategy. Five versus make nine in a month. Yep. Maybe we Say should that again, Dino. Okay, so basically... No, no, just give me the number. Oh, five. You've got nine finals versus not, five. Correct. So do you reckon FFA, oh, sorry, Fox might be interested in having Absolutely. twice as much content? Absolutely. Mm. I have no I, idea what the hell you said in that explanation, <laughs> mind I you. Think, I think like, there's not enough reward for the first home and away the, league, no. one versus two in your model, Dean. But that's that's okay. We can reward No, I think the reward is that Sydney and Victory are rewarded now with the home final in the semi, as long as they get there. Yeah, but the loser of that doesn't really get punished. And what do you mean? Well, the winner then. No, the winner. Anyway, we can. We, we, they're, they're in the semi anyway. I think they're in the, the, no, no, think about it. In this model, they're in the semi final. But under my model, they're playing for a spot in the grand final. No, but there's yeah. less no, games. Right. You're wanting yeah. some revenue. How many games ding, do you have, Michael? Ding, yours? Ding. How many is in yours? <laughs> now, how many is in yours, Mike? Did you yeah. work that out? No. Uh, there's three, five. There's an extra two, six, seven, I think. Six. Seven. Yeah, extra two. Oh, yeah. well, that, that, the Seven, third, seven the, If they're going to change it, I think no, they no, like no. a, a I variation. Think if we had a whiteboard, if we had a whiteboard, I could um, undress Dino's. Look, Just Dino had a win on me, win over me last week. His mob beat my mob. But on this one, I think my system beats his system. But, and we'll, uh, but, you, but you're one of those blokes that thinks your system beats everyone's system every time <laughs> anyway. So we all know that about you. So that's okay. How but, many uh, dives from Kenny last week, Dana? How many? King Kenny, how many times did he take a dive? Um, no, he didn't actually. Did you feel the need to sprint out after the game? And no, no to be fair to Kenny. Uh, he was very controlled he on the He was side very line. controlled. Well, we were. Mm. I, I was rather. Yes, um, you were. Yeah, we, we, we were con- controlled. Um, Kenny's armful. Kenny's one of the best strikers in the league, and he's exciting he to watch. For, that, for those of our listeners who don't know what game Kenny we're Arthur, we're talking Kenny about. Kenny Arthur, who plays for Heidelberg, used to be at Box Hill. I nearly signed him at Dandenong. I was on in and R, and I just kept on in and R in too long, and he'd gone. And, um, you know, credit to Heidelberg, they signed him, and he's been revelation the last two seasons. He seems like he's getting better. But to be fair to my two centre-halves, or Hume's two centre-halves, they were very, very good against him. And isn't it amazing how we've, we've gone from... Uh, dissecting the new A-League final system to talking about this <laughs> well, game. Well, I didn't ask for it. He just said, like, he lost a, but, a bet or but, whatever. But he no, doesn't lose a bet. I just said, my mob got beaten by Dean's mob, yeah. but my system's better than his. Ah, That's okay. the point well, that, that makes perfect sense, of course. So well, out of that, then, if I had to choose my system or we get we win at Heidelberg, I'd take we'll win at Heidelberg. <laughs> 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 okay. Every well, day of the week. <laughs> That's full time on Box to Box. Well done, guys. Thank you very much. Join us next week. We're going to watch a couple of fantastic finals over the we course of this are. weekend and we're going to see some uh, semi-finals or we're going to preview the semi-finals next week that's all next on box to box next week when we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game